Good day, everybody. Good day. Welcome again to another fantastic episode of Atlanta Discuss with Ade Balogo. I'm still your host. I'm still your anchor. Depends on whatever you call me. I'm good by it. I'm always happy to be here with you. Now, we are going to talk about how we'll revamp the, re- the reading culture. And I have another extraordinary guest for you today. Her name is Bukola Akiyemi. Bukola, welcome to Atlanta, Atlanta Discuss. Thank you very much for having me, Eddie. Thank you. All right, we're so we're so excited. Bukola is a finance professional in the housing sector. She's currently the head of group finance at G15 Housing Association in the UK. She has experienced dry spells as well as period of rapid growth in her career. And our reading journey has learned uh, has learned a, a lot from uh, every season. She reads a lot. I mean, we'll find that out as we step ahead. Uh, outside of work, Bukola enjoys reading and discussing books generally, which is one reason why she's here. So we need to revamp the reading culture. People are not reading anymore. That's why we have her here. But as you all know, at Atlantic Discourse, we embrace all facets of humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with a lot of very bad news. We give a voice to the unheard always. We balance the information equation. We search and discuss the facts wherever it leads. We combine the best of the human race to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world, embrace business, arts, sports, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues. We don't shy away from the facts. So, Bukala, welcome once again to Atlantic Discourse. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. So, let's cut the chase and uh, get to what we're here for. So, now... Do you agree that reading culture has waned across all spectrums? And what do you think are the reasons why it is like that? Well, I think I do agree. I do agree that reading culture has waned. I think sometimes people express dry spells, which is what you said in my intro. And thank you for that intro. Um, I think sometimes people go through phases, but generally it has waned a lot. And there's a lot, there are a lot of reasons for that. Most importantly, I think social media is a massive reason because I mean, when we were younger, you were either watching TV and if you lived in a household like mine, we had an hour a day to watch TV and then the rest of the time you had to entertain yourselves. So you'd sit down for hours reading because you weren't watching TV. But nowadays, even if you send your kids to the room, they're there on social media, on their devices. There's loads more to do. There are many more distractions. For adults as well, you know, if you don't, if you're not watching TV, watching Netflix or you're on social media, there's so many things that could take you away from reading. Well, someone could say that if you're on Twitter or if you're reading on social media, you are still reading people's words. You could say that, but I'm talking about mainly reading books here, either as a physical book, as an e-book or audio book even. But I think people are not consuming as much literature as they did in the past, mainly because of social media. Of course, other people, one person's case is not the same for everyone. Some people experience dry spells. For example, when my kids were younger, living in diaspora with young children, I really didn't have as much time to read as much as I do now, even though I'd always loved reading. So I went through a period of reading maybe two books in a whole year, you know, and so sometimes people go through that. And then sometimes that becomes people's new normal. It becomes the new thing they do. So you almost need that revamp. You need that bringing yourself back when things die down a little bit. So yeah, does that answer your question? 
Yeah, I mean, to a large extent, but I mean, I like when you said Netflix, there's, there's, there's Hulu, there's Prime, <laughs> so there's a there lot loads of, of things, that's true. Yeah. So, but how do, we, how do we address the problem going forward? What do you think is the way out of this? Okay, I think there is, first and foremost, people need to realize that there is a problem because I think a lot of people don't even think there is a problem. For me, and I can only talk for myself, but I know that this affects a lot of people and hopefully people will find it useful as well. It's just realizing that you've moved away from something that you used to enjoy, something you used to learn from. So I read far and wide. I read for entertainment. I read for, um, for learning. I read for my career, but I also read you know, just to have fun and just to go back to what I used to enjoy. So when I realized that, wait a minute, I used to do this a lot. I used to know more about current affairs because I read more. I used to have more empathy because I read more far and wide about other cultures. And I used to actually really enjoy this, but I've not done it again. So what is taking my time? So first and foremost, recognizing the problem and then you can address it. So one of the things I started doing was um, creating time, crafting time in my day for reading. And I'll just say, I just need an hour to myself every day to read, whether it's at the beginning of the day, end of the day, lunchtime, or just before bedtime. You know, just creating that time is one way to do it. So first and foremost is recognizing that this is a problem. So for some people, they need others to tell them that, oh, you know, reading is really good and you're not reading, you know, you need to make out time for that. And other people is just, oh, I'm too busy. I'm like, well, just make time in your diary. So that's one of the things. Another thing I found very useful was joining communities. So book clubs, communities, and just being with like-minded people, people that like reading as well. And people like, like reading the kind of things I like reading. So, you know, I said that I like reading and I like discussing books. So the more I read, the more I discuss books, the more I want to read. Um, another thing is, you know, in the first, when you ask the first question about as it waned, I said yes, and I said one of the reasons is social media. I actually use social media to promote what I want to do. So I went through a detox of my social media pages, and I made sure that I followed people that I, you know, I was just following just to be, you know, just to see what they were doing. I'm not talking about family and friends now. I'm talking about, you know, maybe some celebrities you follow just to see what they post, and you just spend mindless hours just looking at what they are doing. But I like reading and there's a reading community out there. So I started following people that like reading as well. And I didn't realize how many people are out there that they just spent all their time on social media talking about books, recommending books, discussing books, talking about, you know, things in books and getting to meet authors of books. I just thought, wow, this is wonderful. So I use my social media to promote what I want to do. So that way, even when I go on social media, I'm getting told about more books. And then, you know, it gets me to put that and I was like, let's go and read this so I can come back and talk about it. And of course, um, the community. So I'm a member of five book clubs. And that means at least a month I read five books. I read sometimes more than that. Most of the time I read more than that because I have my choices as well. But I read the books and then we come together most of the time virtually to meet up and we discuss these books, intellectual discussions. Sometimes we have the author come and join us. So it's really building your community around what you want to do. Wow, that's that's interesting. But, you know, well, I read a book a week and I, I read everything myself, you know, but I just want you to tell our listeners. I know it's obvious, but what are the advantages of reading? In your opinion? Okay. In my opinion, um, I'll start by saying that during the height of the pandemic during lockdown I read much more and why because it gave me an escape 
it helped me you know it's it's good for mental health you know i didn't want to start with the most obvious one well reading helps your vocabulary helps you learn more you, you know you're more aware of what's happening but also reading also helps your mental health it's you're, you're doing something for yourself you're doing something in in the midst of everything happening yeah just sitting down and just enjoying some time to yourself so that is good um so reading helps with mental health reading helps to you know uh, some of the books i've read i said to people that during the pandemic i i traveled more than i've ever traveled before because i traveled through books i read books from south africa from vietnam from china read different books and i learned more about their culture so yeah reading helps you learn more about people's cultures reading helps you have more empathy you know there's some things that i can't i've never experienced before and i can't really put myself in other people's shoes but when i read a book it could be a fictional just a story about people that are you know in this experiencing something i've never experienced before i may not, i may not even totally condone or agree with what they're doing but i have a bit of empathy so in real life when you experience people that you know are of that nature or experience that you kind of understand where they may be coming from or it just gives you an idea to say oh, what is your story because when i read this book this person had this story so what is your story it gives you empathy helps you see people as people not just that they're different from you but you understand and you want to find out more about their story that's just a few of the reasons why reading is good yeah i i agree with you absolutely i agree i think uh you can't read and be narrow-minded you know you can't read and be parochial you know yeah and i like what you said uh you can travel through books you know <laughs> i mean i've met people that people from different countries that i have never been to their countries and when i talk about those countries they think i've been there. I go, no i've never been there i, I just read about just it. read about it exactly. i just read about yeah, it. yeah so if that happens a lot i like that let me ask you this quick one still on books do you like art cover reading the physical books or you like audio and whatever because be i like physical book for me <laughs> Same here, same here, same here. I, I have tried to the book. I have to flip the pages. You have to flip the pages, yeah. Well, I agree with you. We have that in common. Okay, like, okay, let's look at this. Uh, societally, there is a high level of moral decadence and it does seem to be spiraling out of control. Do you have any tips on how to curb the menace, especially with the quality of kids the world is currently raising? I'm sure you agree with me that there is a lot of moral decadence worldwide. It's just not limited to any race, creed, religion, tribe, or continent. Um, I totally agree with you. But I would also say that some of the, there's really very little that's new under the sun. A lot of the things that are morally wrong with society now were there decades ago. But I think sometimes because of social media, because of it, there's more exposure. So we see it more. That doesn't mean that there's no increase in, you know, violence and everything that's morally wrong. There is an increase, but I think it's also the fact that because it's being more widespread, you see more of it and then more people feel that, oh, I could do this as well. So maybe there might be more of it. But I do believe that, you know, talking about the, the menace of the quality of the kids that we're currently raising, I think what you focus on is what you see so like in the media in the news if we focus on there are a lot of young people doing a lot of good things that we're not seeing and um because there's more exposure now it looks as if it's more so that's one just thing i'd like to say 
um any tips on curbing it i wish i knew i think if if all of us had these tips maybe the world would be a much better place but i just think that if the only thing is if we start from home what i say to my children is you know focus on what you what good you can do focus on the good around you focus on the good people and just your, let your community like the people you move with be the people that are making changes for good not doing you know the bad thing so i can only say let's start from home let's start from being, being people being more uh, having more empathy people building and building their own home to be their own children in their home to be morally upright and then we have a moral community bringing people in to your home you know individuals that you can help to bring put back on the straight and narrow if we all do that then that would work but one answer for the whole world i think that'll be hard for anyone to say absolutely i think i agree with you i agree with you there i think yeah you're as good as the company you keep and i think uh parents have to lead by example and i can share one quick one in my case i mean i mean i have three boys i used to tell them do this eat on the dining table do this you know but i wasn't doing most of those things you know so they didn't do it if i was never around and they would tell you daddy doesn't do it why do we have to do it you know so i just had to start doing all those things as a matter of fact the the biggest impetus i've had in my entire life are my kids because they're always like okay if daddy doesn't do it we don't do it they, they come out straight and uh, i just had to lift my game and I'm, I'm happy to <laughs> for that so <laughs> it, it, yeah that i mean I, I remember there was a time i wasn't a church going person like that you know but i always leave instructions that my kid had to go to church and all that blah 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 so one day my first son said i, I saw him no church they said well they can't go now every time they ask for their dad and that they, they don't have any excuse to give anymore so and uh, they just don't think they can go without me. I mean, within five minutes, I was in the car. We all, were, I mean, that was, that, <laughs> that, was, that was a break. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so like me. I'm, I'm a very active person. I can, I'm. Th- what I'm saying is about 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, and you know, I got to the church. I enjoyed the service. They sang one hymn that I love so much. I can't remember that hymn now. I loved it. I, I enjoyed the service. By the second Sunday, we're there early. You know, I like keep it to time. So I went to meet the pastor. Like, I can't just come here and be sitting down. Can you find me something to do during the Sabbath? They say, yeah, the ushering department was suffering. So, I mean, so it so just you gave joined me, them. I joined, yeah. and I can tell you, I never looked back. That was just, I crossed the Rubicon, and, and I was just a Jesus baby without looking back. That was, that was good. So, so I agree good. with you. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Kids, kids, you know, they play. You have to live by example. And... I'm sure other men have had the kind of challenges I had, but they were not able to reciprocate the gestures back to their kids, maybe because they are selfish, partly irresponsibility, but we just have to. to All right, so a quick comparison into how kids are raised in Africa compared to the Western world. Let's have a cursory look at how you were raised. You know, should one culture strategy be adopted? I know you live in the UK, so. You were born in Africa. So, I mean, like I said, looking at how you were raised, should one culture strategy be adopted or we combine both, you know, or pick the best from here, the best from there? What do you what do you think? Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, can I split that question into two? First and foremost, the way we were raised in Africa, um, like, like 
I, I yeah, my cousin, so I know. But we were raised in the seventies. The way we were raised, I doubt even in Africa now, in Nigeria, I can speak for now. I doubt if kids are being raised the same way. So that's one one thing. Generations have changed as well. But then, in addition to the way generations have changed, is also being in Africa and being in the Western world. As you said, I live in the UK, and my kids were all born, both born here and raised here. I don't think we can use the same way we were raised to raise them for two reasons, the generational gap and the cultural gap. I think we have to, we're raising them in a community. And I'm not saying we should throw everything we have learned completely out of the window, definitely not. Um, I, When I talk about this empathy and building, um, you know, and learning about cultures, we learn about them so we can use them, you know. And I would say we'll take the good and throw away the bad. So you gave an example earlier about leading by example, telling your children you have to do this, but not doing it and seeing that your children, I mean, when you were growing up, you probably wouldn't have been able to ask your dad that, that oh, well, I'm not going because they always no, ask me. Uh, you would, probably no, wouldn't be able to force no. that out. <laughs> exactly. No, so the fact, exactly, the fact that your son can voice that, could have voiced that, voiced that out 12 years ago was because one, he's living in a completely different living in a completely different culture so we can't keep holding on to the way we were brought up and trying to use that to build them up we have to grow as well as parents which you did and you know and when you grew when you changed that you discovered that you found something that you liked and now you're saying that you know you're not going to go back so it's wonderful we are also developing we are also parenting is also a developmental journey for the parents not just for the children so i think we have to do like a mix it's a new strategy we're building our own strategy as we go we're becoming and as we're becoming we're taking the good from the culture our culture and the adopted culture we're taking the good and leaving the bad you know from generations we're taking the good and leaving the bad and the world itself is changing so when we were being brought up we're not um, social media was not being used to groom us or to teach us or to do anything for us but right now any parent that says i don't want to use internet or social media you'll be in the dark ages so in the you, we adapt with the times and we adapt with the environment but we don't adapt to the environment up to the stage that we take every single thing because there's some things that we do that if people are truthful people that in the diaspora when they look they admire some of the things that we bring from our culture so i think we have to respect our culture we have to teach our culture to our children and still modify it to suit where they live so wow, that's, that, they, they, yeah. they're mixed yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah i mean like you said we're cousins i didn't tell my listeners now they know it we're cousins Sorry. We're yeah, yeah, I'll it's it's a I was gonna keep that save that for the last actually i will pack and grow up together you know fantastic heritage you share now you from what you said it does look like uh the information all those good and bad information because of social media everything is in public domain for these kids so our job as parents is basically to interpret am i correct that's part of it definitely i mean my kids are a bit older now but when they were younger well even now every social media they're part of well some of them didn't really stick with me you know but everything they did I, i was curious especially when they were much younger I was like well if you're interested in this then let's let me get on there let me see what you're doing on there you know and sometimes it's not just about saying you can't do it but about how to direct them or how well they can do it like I, I said earlier about using social media for my books 
you know my instagram account now is mainly just about books I, it was private before i've opened it up made it public so I've, I've you know i've got many but all the people that come there just are people that are interested in books because if you're not interested in books and you come to my page you soon get bored you know so it's also about letting them use social media or anything they use to their advantage you know there's so many things they could learn from it we can't just turn our blind eye completely on it to say you know we don't want you on social media at all it's like okay if you're on there what are you doing on there how is it benefiting you how are you using it you know my son's a photographer and he gets some from some of his clients just online on social media people find him online they book him and he takes pictures and he gets paid for it you know what if i was saying he's 19 now but when he was younger if i said no you can't have it or even now if i was trying to be when we were young, younger even at 19 your parents could tell you you can't do this you know and i just thought that it's just about directing them but we can't direct them if we don't know about it ourselves so we have to educate ourselves as well we have to be exposed and then we have to prayerfully guide them I like what you just said about your son being a photographer. My first son too is a photographer. He gets paid for it. Okay. And uh, I like that angle of, would we have done that? Would our parents would have allowed us to do that in Africa? Because in the Western world, kids get to be independent earlier in life than in Africa. Oh, you, you, don't you agree with me? Sir? I t- t- totally agree, yes. Yeah, because it looks like the African system... You see 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds still live with their parents. You know, you don't have a right to make up your mind on so many things. And like you rightly said, my, I don't think I can go to my dad and say most of the things my kids say to me. But we just have to adjust, you know, adapt. We have been talking to Bukola Akiyemi. She's a finance person. She's a book reader, avid book reader. So... Now, what should we be expecting from you in 2022 and beyond? Will you be writing a book of your own? You know, our listeners would like to know that. <laughs> I like to say to people, I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> I know, I get that a lot. I, I like to say to people, I, I never say never. So, never say never. But I like to say to people, I'm not a writer. I do appreciate writers a lot. Good writers, I, you know, I really, I mean, I stand them any day, anytime above um, rock. Um, rockstar I really appreciate that effort and especially when for a good written book so what would you expect from me from 2022 and beyond I growth in one word is growth in everything I do I, I strive to always grow to improve to be a better person to be a better yeah person to everybody around me and growth in my career growth in even my hobbies so my reading I think I started by just increasing my reading and then I increased my community. And then in the last few months, I've been more engaged with authors as well. And, you know, just connecting book clubs with authors, connecting people. And I find a lot of joy in that. So that's one of the things that I would like to do more for the rest of this year. And also encouraging the younger generation. It gives me great joy. Nothing gives me great, more joy than when I see teenagers come to my house, go to my bookshelves and they live with four or five books and they read them and they come back for more and so i you know not officially but unofficially i run like a mini library my kids friends are always compassing through the house picking books to read sometimes when they're in unit i post books to them in the post you know i love encouraging people and one of the things i also like doing lastly so i wanted i'm not just focusing on what you were talking about here one of the things i also like doing is encouraging my friends that are about the same age as I am who have lost their you know their reading 
mojo <laughs> we used to read a lot when they were younger but then life got in the way and they, they stopped reading because that was me I went through about four or five years where I read nothing I just thought I didn't have time to read the kids were young I was busy and then I got myself back into it and now I'm reading more than I ever did even as a teenager so one of my life's main aim is to do that with other women as well especially women you know that life just gets in the way they love reading or they'll say they used to love reading and they've lost their love for reading but most of the time they haven't lost the love for reading they've just lost the will the ability and yeah so I do that by just encouraging them sometimes just posting about books and I get a lot of DMs people saying oh God, you, how do you do it and I'm like you know I just make time for me and then they start making time for them and some of the book clubs I am in is mainly for women like that and then people will say that I've, last year I read no books and now this year I read six books or ten books or twelve books so things like that just spreading the love and spreading the joy with people really wow that's awesome you know i why, why i'm enjoying this so much is that in my, my church for example i teach night age nine to ten in sunday school and one of the things i tell them is that most of the things i'm teaching them currently you know i learned it when i was their age while i was living with my grandma so that now so which goes back to reading you know we read all these things so if they read too these things stay with you forever i've been to job interviews where it was what I learned when I was in my teenage years that helped that me. That you used, you know? yeah. yeah. I used, you know. So, I mean, I started podcasting because I just felt I, I've read so much in life, politics, history. Let me just point out somewhere because I, somebody somewhere will, will, will benefit from it, you know. So, I mean, it's 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 just uh, extraordinary and unbelievable the way people just these days, you know. I mean, I'll just add that, that your dad, your late dad, great guy, bought me my first Bible. I'll never forget that. Oh, that's nice. My very, my very first Bible, you know. So, so we the, the, the heritage we share the with the gospel we propagate, especially as parenting. For our generation, the other's job is parenting, and parenting does look like it's going to get more complicated as years roll by. The COVID, yeah. COVID, the COVID decade is here. You know, we cannot just ignore it. Things are changing. The kids are smarter than we were, I think. They are bolder. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend that jokes that uh, God is not creating people again. It's people that have died that are coming. So <laughs> <laughs> you give birth to a baby at body. Yeah. You give birth to a child at eight in the morning by five minutes after eight, the eyes are wide open. You know, like, oh, I've been getting so true. That's very true. <laughs> okay. So we have been talking to Mr. Bukola KME. She's a finance professional in the housing sector in the UK. She's currently the head of group finance in a G15 housing association in UK. She has experienced dry spell as well as period of rapid growth in her career and her reading journey and has learned a lot from each season. Outside of work, Bukola loves reading and discussing books. You know, you all should find out more about her. Bukola, so tell us, what, what's your Instagram handle? So it's at Bukola Yemi. So that's B-U-K-O-L-A-Y-E-M-I, all one word, at Bukola Yemi. Okay, so you heard it from her. Go to Instagram, follow her, Bukola, at Bukola Yemi. If you're interested in reading, we all should be interested in reading. There's no reason. Educate a child, you educate a community. Educate a community, educate a country. Educate a country, the world is safe, you know. I do hands, devil's culture, you know. 
let's lead by example there will be less crime less bring rate, less consuming consumption of drugs if we get to all these things now it's not just book you have to read your bible if you're a muslim read your quran just get knowledge in your head share it and don't keep it yourself my takeaway for today is that you have that library that bookshelf in your house that, that small library and kids come and borrow books i think it's a lot that that is a real outreach and i can tell you that lot of evangelism yeah I, I really respect that so bukola thank, thank you. you for coming i'm sure we'll call you again there's there's a lot you have to share with the world yeah a bundle of uh, knowledge you're an erudite scholar fantastic mom you know great wife you know and uh, you're a jesus baby so we're gonna we're gonna need you more in future thank you for joining atlantic discourse thank you very much Ade. thank you all right so to our listeners that's our bit for today i'm sure you all had fun listening to bukola she's in the uk she told you handle at bukola yemi on instagram you don't have anything to do. Just follow and go for it. So that's our bit for today. Like I said, next week we're coming with another very juicy and interesting topic. Like I've told you before, first quarter of this year, we're going to be talking to Nigerian professionals, doing great, great things all over the world, you know, and we'll bring them here. All right, Bukola, thank you. Our listeners, bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. bye.